the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me, my partner in crime, mi amigo, it's Matt. How you mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm um, I'm strangely optimistic and happy and kind of trying to be very upbeat um, because we, we have got to talk about something particularly crap, which we need to kind of like get out of the way. Uh, which is for a second week in a row, <laughs> where last week we had to talk about the North London Derby defeat. Um, I was just telling you this before before we started recording, but I am going to share it on the podcast because I thought it was funny. Anybody who listened last week will know that I cut our intro and then played in that, Hello darkness, my old friend. Uh, we did, I did have one email from a listener who basically said that they just picked up a coffee and took a sip as that happened and spat it all over their steering wheel. <laughs> so so that, I appreciated that. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're helping out there, helping it's, the masses get through yeah, these dark times. Of course. And it's, and it's occurred to me as well that I, I was always under the impression it was uh, Welsh like Welsh people were the best singers, but not little did no. I realise it's Bristolians that are the guys no, that can God, sing. No, oh, 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 gee shucks! Oh, no. yeah, no. hell no. <laughs> no, I, I, once I get going, it just goes very pirate. Very oh, fast. Yeah, in small doses. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm loving this trend of the moment of sea shanties. I mean, that is right up my alley. That, yeah. That is like, oh yeah, that that's that's my wheelhouse right there. Um, it's your ancestors, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, bloody right it is, yeah. I mean, Bristolians had no chance, really. We're a cross between pirates and farmers. I mean, what the hell's that going to do to an accent? Aha, who are! It's the best skills to have, though. I mean, like, as a kid growing up, yeah. like, you know... Those are the two things you want. You want to have, do you know? What yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But farming for food, pirating for fun, and yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, let's let's get into it then because um, we got a packed show because I uh, put the appeal out like I always do to Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't do it on Twitter because people on Twitter are just mean, to mm. be honest. It's a, it's a bit uh, of a vicious platform, isn't it? So social media. It, it platform. really, it really can be. I mean, I go on there. I mean, I, I run our Twitter account. I'm fairly. Uh, comical in most of the stuff I say, very tongue in cheek of everything on there. Uh, gallows humour when it comes to being a Tottenham fan. Um, but yeah, some people, yes, it's just not very nice. I mean, I use the block button on that more than I do anywhere else. Yeah, I do. And do you know what? I know, I know. Obviously, I don't want to send the conversation too much one way because I know you, yeah. you want to get like But just very briefly with yeah. Twitter, I, I think the problem is, and it is the fact that you can only use 140 characters. And I think because of that, people are just like they're they're, they're vicious almost sometimes without meaning very to be. Blunt. But blunt. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Yeah, 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 potentially. There there have been a few occasions where I've kind of replied to people like, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. That, is that how you meant that to come across? And I've got into a dialogue and agreed to disagree. And yeah. times which is fine. And then other times I've gone, oh, right, you really are that much of an ass. Good to know, good to know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a strange platform. But anyway, so I've put people like the Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so we do, we do actually have a number of questions to go through. So um, let, let's get Fantastic. stuck into this first. And in our last show, we talked about the disappointment of the North London Derby defeat. So we got to talk about it. I know, I know it's painful. We got to talk about the Europa League exit. Um, 
I think uh, I didn't look at all the questions we got across Facebook and Instagram, but I imagine there's some in there geared towards this, or mm. perhaps none at all. Perhaps everyone's <laughs> trying to repress the memory, like I've done with so many Tottenham results. Uh, did you watch the game? Yeah, it, I did. Um, yeah, it's it's just depressing, isn't it? It's 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 one of those, like you say, it's one of those things that I'm hoping in the next couple of years, or even sooner than that, that this memory has been completely repressed. Yeah, because yeah. It, 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 I think the, the most frustrating part of it was that it's like, I felt like I could have gone on that pitch and, and performed better than, than they did. You know, it's and like, that, that, that's the crux of it, I think. I'd, I'd, I'd said, I mean, you have said this loads of times, defeat, you know, football's football. You, you can play the best game of your lives and walk away with nothing. But mm. as a fan, if you feel like your team's given everything or or made a real adequate foot you can walk away and be like oh we lost but then that fades a lot faster when you know your team gave everything yeah than that this it's hard to describe it me and dan were kind of talking in the chat and i know me and dan can kind of go off on a tangent sometimes in these things but we, we were trying to kind of it was this horrible horrible feeling of that game which was like in the pit of your stomach uh anger and this kind of just gut-wrenching, this feels, you know, the, the abject failure was just so hard to take. You know, it's, you sort of said to me before about, you know, the, the laughing stock thing being thrown around and how ridiculous a statement it is. That result, I did feel like we were a laughing stock that night. On that result alone, in that, I did feel that we deserved to be ridiculed for that. It it was just such a damp squib, wasn't it? Because I mean, like I, I was thinking um, of last season when we, funny enough, we got knocked out by the same result away mm. uh, last. Uh, was it last? Yeah, Champions League last season, wasn't it? Against Leipzig, yeah, it was three yeah. 0 wasn't it? And and obviously, you know, as I mentioned before, I was at that game, and that yeah. was the last game that, that that Spurs played in front of a full full capacity. Yeah. And that felt fairly similar. I, you know. I sort of sat in the stands, as, as people who listen to this regularly know, and in the away end behind some crazy German guy smoking a cigar and blowing it yeah. in my face all, all game. But I just sat there, and and it's and 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 again, it's now something I mentioned before as well. But I was kind of thinking, if we score, you know, I'm going to really have to repress game my on, celebration. Yeah. But I just sat there thinking, did we not going to score? It's just pathetic. It's such yeah. a pathetic performance, and it yeah. was exactly the same this time round. You know, it's yeah. like we're not. We could play 180 minutes. We're not going to score. No. What is? What's gone wrong? Like, why are we playing in such a pathetic manner? You know, yeah, we just I... we're just like a dog that's just rolled over and it's like, go on, tickle me. Yeah. Like, you know, it, there was nothing it was... to it. You know, uh, it was so so hard to kind of understand how that can happen in. In professional sport, I and what what's troubling? I think the thing that has got to a lot of people is anything can happen in football. It's one of the reasons why so many people like it. And the, these kind of absolutely mental results in the FA Cup are every season. You know, <laughs> every mm. season you will get one result in the FA Cup that we'll all look at and go, "What the? F- how did that happen?" Yeah, sure. Um, and this just happened to be a very similar thing, Europa League night. But I mean. We're playing against a team that, that really we should beat, you know, and, and we beat them at home 2-0. Um, we did well in the game. We controlled the game, really. Possibly should have been 3 or 4, which, you know, uh, as it turns out, came back to haunt us slightly. But we then go to play them in the away leg. We, we field a very strong side, which is stronger than I thought we were going to field. 
their manager has been arrested and jailed in the build-up to the game for fraud against the very club. So they've got a caretaker manager. I'm I'm still just kind of taking all this in that we then showed up there and rolled over, like you said. Do, do, do you know what, Sam? Uh, you, you know, how, as a Spurs fan, mm. I felt the same as my first driving instructor. Okay. Back when I was 20. <laughs> and I'll right. tell you why. Yeah. I know it seems like a bit odd. Yeah. But I, I um, so I, I, I eventually passed my driving test the second time around. But yep. the first time, so I had all my lessons. And the guy that was teaching <clears> me was like, yeah. Matt, he said, I've never, never had a single failure. Every time... Oh, no. <laughs> every time I teach someone, they pass first time. Right? It's, it's a record I'm quite proud of. Wow. Right? So Was I, this guy I called com- Jose Mourinho? By the way? <laughs> yeah. I, felt quite, I felt quite comfortable um, uh, to take my test. He said, yeah. I'm ready. So we, we turn up to the, to the test centre. Yeah. Even better... They're short-staffed, so they've had to bring in uh, they've had to bring in an instructor that's yeah. that's been retired for two or three years, and not just that, but he's late. So because he's late, he said, "Look, I'm <clears> late, <throat> so I'm going to give you a shorter driving test. Yeah. So and it's only going to be twenty minutes. I'm, you know, he's come out of retirement. My my, my instructor's like Matt. He said, "Look, you, you got this on all a plate. The stars are aligned here. Yeah, all the, stars, yeah. <laughs> all the stars are aligned. Yeah. This is should, this should be easy, you know. Yeah. No, I, t- I took a corner, uh, a quite a sharp corner. I think about twenty five miles an hour, <laughs> and the instructor put his foot on the brake and said, "You can continue the test, but unfortunately, but... you haven't. And and when I was in the car coming back my driving instructor just had that utter look of disappointment on his yeah. face mixed mixed with disappointment shock uh, encapsulating how we all felt as Spurs yeah. fans I think after that result <laughs> <laughs> I love how stuff can sometimes invoke like the craziest of memories yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 strugg- I, I struggled to try and put into words and I'm struggling again now the, the true feeling I think everybody listening probably has some sort of gut-wrenching kind of feeling. The next day, I mean, the next day afterward, I I was still angry, and I mean, like, really angry, and it it was kind of like I was reading a lot of the comments on our Facebook post, and I could see that the vast majority of the fan base were very angry, and I'm not just talking about the typical, you know, ah, because I'm going to rant at everything because I'm online kind of anger, but I'm talking about the fans that me and you see on a regular basis commenting, always very level-headed, but they're yeah. angry, you know? And mm. when, when you see that, you, you know, you, you kind of get a gauge that, okay, my feeling on this isn't out of the ordinary. is isn't, I'm not, like, in some sort of extreme here. This is clearly how everyone's feeling. And there's some very big Twitter accounts that I follow, and, and they're, they're kind of tweets, uh, a few of them, and I was kind of like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying here, but just like a summary, the overriding feeling was something's wrong. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you can't, that, that's not, you know, it's like you would look at that performance and you go, something is not right there. And it's very easy. And everybody knows my position on Jose and, and what I said a few weeks ago, but it's very easy, I think, to just go, well, the manager's got to go. They're not playing for him. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, I'm not convinced that's it. I'm not convinced that that is actually the solution. I, and I can't for the life of me work out what it is. But then of course, Within hours, the quite explosive interview with uh, Hugo Lloris uh, post-game goes viral. 
And anyone who hasn't seen this, by the way, uh, just tap it in, uh, find it, Hugo Lloris uh, post, you know, Europa League, because it's about seven and a half minutes, and I think every Tottenham fan should watch it, and I think every Tottenham fan should watch it for three reasons. One, anyone who ever questions his commitment to the club would be dispelled, I think, by seeing his genuine hurt and anger at that performance. Uh, two, I think anyone who doesn't think he's a very good captain or a leader should should watch it because I think that true leadership and true captaincy is about honesty and it's about you know setting a standard and when people aren't coming up to that standard, you calling it out. Uh, not you know not by name. He's not stood there and gone yeah and so and so didn't track back and so and so didn't do this. He's just made it abundantly clear. You know, he's, he, the standard is not being met. Mm. But then three, he basically, whether he says it in anger and then realises, crap, I probably shouldn't have said that, reveals that there is problems in the squad. There are real issues behind the scenes at the club. He, he literally says the words, I think, along the lines of, um, you know, some people, when they're not picked are just causing problems, you know. And uh, then Jose Mourinho in his press conference before the Aston Villa game uh, says he didn't see the Lloris interview. I think that's bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all, I don't think anything happens that that bloke don't keep an eye on. And a press officer would sure as hell come straight to him with it. Uh, but anyway, he says he didn't see it. But he then says um, there's too many people and their agents... Uh, right only for themselves, not the team, not the club. So if they don't play, they make it about them and they complain and they kick off when it should be about the team. Yeah, sure. I, I, and and that, for the first thing I want to say is that story, that, that kind of um, him alluding to them there being a problem uh, it, behind the scenes is something mm. that's been corroborated by Gareth Bell when he was saying how he's glad he's, he's in the Wales camp because things yeah. aren't good at Spurs. Yeah. But then... The second thing I was going to say about this is we, we, it's not like we're the only club that have football players that have agents. So what, yeah. why is it that we, we're having the problem? Or do they all have problems and it's just that because of that result I, that it's been exposed? There, there's a lot of, to me, there is a lot of um, ways you can look at different things. There's a lot of um, ways you can look at every, every I think every squad's going to have uh, a certain tension and I think a certain tension is good and what I mean by that is competition um, you know if you're a right back at a club and there's another right back at a club and you are competing for the place even if you're friendly and everyone gets on well there's got to be a certain tension there because you're both competing for the shirt and that, that's actually good and I think professional athletes by and large accept that that is a good thing that you have that competitive nature. I remember uh, Trippier and Walker would talk about on a regular basis about how they got on great, but they were both, you know, fighting. You know, if one of them uh, played a game and hit a brilliant cross, the other would be like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> you know, mm. I, 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 next next time I get on, I need to make sure I do that twice, you know? <laughs> I yeah, need sure. To really... And and it kind of I mean I think when we signed Trippier it took Walker to the next level and of course he then moved on which is sod's law but I, I I genuinely feel that and I think competition intention in the squad is a good thing I don't think that's bad and I think every squad has that I do think agents play a more alarming role in football than I'd like them to but that's kind of a side subject when it comes to 
the manager though, and this is where I, I feel like we are possibly having problems. The vast majority of this squad at Tottenham right now was assembled by Mauricio Pochettino. So we are still working with the nucleus of his vision that he built over five going into six years. Pochettino's first season, he inherited a hodgepodge of failed managers' dreams. You know, three players from this manager, five or six players from that manager, two or three that Levy just signed because they were good deals. You know what I mean? It was Mm. like a real mess. Mm. He he did like a night of the long knives. A lot of people forget this, but after that first season, I think it was 10 players left the club, you know, free transfer loans, transfers. He bombed them out. You know, he cleared mm. the decks. And a lot of people are like, oh, wow, you know, these massive changes, that's what we need again now. The difference was Mauricio Pochettino replaced about five of them with the academy. So these are people who were already at the club, already acclimated, you know, would run through walls for the shirt. Kane, Mason, Townsend, uh, you know, Tom Carroll. He brought them all in on the basis that, right, you guys are coming into the squad and you're going to supplement it with your energy your and we were going to drive forward from this place. And that's what they did. And he created this bond and this togetherness. And that's how Mauricio Prochettino manages. He wants a small squad everybody in it together all friends almost like a family a close-knit family and jose i don't think manages that way and that's not me being critical of jose in this and saying one's good and one's bad i think jose likes to manage by being antagonistic i think he likes the idea that a player he likes to get in someone's face and be like oh i'm picking him over you what are you gonna do about it do do you you know what i mean by that yeah yeah i I do yeah it's um it's not it's not comfortable, is it, for the players? No, but no. It, if it produces the performances, then yeah, then then it works. And yeah. over time, Jose's had these methods, and they have worked. You know, you don't get the trophy hall and the success that he's had without your methods having some merit. Mm. The argument when we brought Jose in, I saw from a few um, uh, good pundits, were their concern with the way Jose works is that it doesn't work with modern players. Um, and I saw Sunes have this rant at Micah Richards about, oh, the game's not really any different, blah, 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 blah. Well, it is, old man, it really is. And people are different. Young men are now more encouraged more to speak about mental health. They're being encouraged more to, you know, talk generally about these things. Uh, Deli Ali, for example, likes to be a gamer. You know, he wants to be a professional gamer when his football career is over. So Delhi, after a game, he doesn't go out, you know, ye olde 80s, don't go to the pub for a pint. <laughs> he doesn't he don't do, like, all these other things. He doesn't do all these social media stuff. Like, he, he goes and plays games. That's what he does. He does Twitch streams, stuff like that. That, to a guy like uh, Mourinho, I don't think he can get his head around it. I don't think he can understand that Delhi will not, like, do 15 extra training sessions because he's not being picked and stuff like that. And he's, like, ranting and raving at these people over things. Now, you can argue the rights and wrongs and merits about this all you want, but I think the problem we've got, and this is purely my opinion, is the vast majority of this squad were like a family and were close-knit because of what Mauricio Pochettino did. And then Jose's come in, brought in a raft of players, and it's kind of set the cat amongst the pigeons, if you like, and a lot of them are now at odds. I mean, purely rumours, but there's rumours that like Eric Dyer and Delhi don't speak at the moment. Wow, these they're two, best mates. <laughs> these two were like brothers. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got a situation where Delhi's been completely isolated by Jose Mourinho, where you've got Dyer, who's completely 
loved by Jose. You know, like, you know, the two of them get on great and pretty much there's tension there. That tension's been created by I I do one flick that goes wrong and I get ripped apart in the press. Eric makes mistake after mistake after mistake, still gets picked and is still protected. He's, it's like playing favourites and it's created tension amongst the players. Um, like I said, this is pure rumour, so, you know, whether, whether it's true or not. But it does, when you look at the performance where the players aren't playing for each other, you know, uh, Harry Winks, basically everyone's saying he's completely checked out. You know, he's made the decision, Jose's here, I'm never going to be a Tottenham player anymore. I cannot imagine... Well, you know, I'm a Tottenham fan. I, I, I dream, you know, as all Tottenham fans would dream of playing for the club. Can you imagine going through all the academy? You've grown up a Tottenham fan and a Tottenham supporting family. You've made it. You're rated as one of the best young midfielders in the country. You know, Pochettino completely trusts him. Gareth Southgate talk about building a whole midfield around him for England. You've made it. You're there. Jose Mourinho comes in, this, you know, winner as a coach. You know, you're thinking, OK, I'm going to miss Mauricio, but this is my chance to kind of develop and move on again. And then you're completely, no, you're not, you're not what I want. You're now faced with this reality of, do I sit here and play five minutes there, five minutes there, where I'm completely out of rhythm and everyone just criticises me all the damn time? Or do I leave? Like, he's obviously made the decision that if Jose's here, I'm leaving. But how heart-wrenching must that be for an individual going through all of that, playing for the club of your dreams, really, to then make the decision, I've got to go? Yeah, I, I guess you, you probably... I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you know you, you, talk, you say it's rumours, but if you was to kind of... If this was something that you wouldn't, wanted to prove in court for example yeah. and you're like here is this here is the um the, the, what's it what's it called you know the evidence that the, yeah. not, i can't think there's a word for it, isn't it? Like, circumstantial evidence <laughs> yeah, circumstantial, yeah. yeah there you go and you'd kind of go that sounds right doesn't it that kind of, i think well, that's prob- that's the thing yeah you, you hear there are some rumors that come out you kind of look at and go that's that seems like someone's gone two and two here's four you know yeah. you, you've basically made that up around what you think you're seeing but with stuff like this, you know, he's been around for a little while. Um, uh, other players, Matt Doherty. Um, Matt Doherty was signed by the club and was told he was going to be part of a wing-back with the club playing a back three. So when he joined, he genuinely felt that he was joining the continuing a similar role from Wolves. Uh, at, a, at a meeting with the manager, because obviously that wasn't happening, he was getting heavily criticised, was told as a professional of his age, he should be able to play both. Mm. Yeah, possibly. But is that is that the kind of you know you, you, it's it's almost like bringing someone in under false pretenses? Do, do you know what I mean? And it's going to create a it's going to create a tension there. It's going to piss somebody off. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Look, I, I know that like a wing back and a and a and a, and a left or right back. You know, I know yeah. I appreciate that there, there is similarities in the fact that you as a wing back mm-hmm. you almost there to defend but you're there as a as an attacking defender in a, in a yeah. sense but yeah. I, I get that kind of oh you're a professional you should play in both but like you know you you, you look at players like 
I know obviously we're going to hopefully move on to more positive things with the with the, yeah yeah yeah, with the, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to wrap we, this soon I promise yeah but like but to, like with the Villa win for example you only had to look at Lucas and yeah. when you when you move a player into a position they're more comfortable in yeah you, you, you see you see them play better I mean mm-hmm. like Lucas can play in different positions as a professional player football player yeah. but he's at his best in a certain position yeah. and it's and it's the same with Doherty like if he was played as an actual proper wing back and, it'd be, and played it'd, you know with a few games in that position not just like here's 10 minutes as a wing back go go prove you're a megastar <laughs> yeah completely and and, and so I, I don't buy this well you're a professional you should be able to do this uh, they can but you're never going to see the best of them are you well it, well it was an interesting debate i had on this podcast with harry brooks some time ago harry's a professional football coach and he came on the podcast and one of the things me and harry got into a conversation about was that modern players and this kind of you know, dovetails what we were talking about. Can Jose, one of the things that a lot... And when I say pundits were talking about in this sense, I know loads of pundits were like, he's a dinosaur, he's done. He's a, I'm to, I, I ignored that. I'm talking about the ones that were balanced. I'm talking about the ones that were like, this could be great for Tottenham, but here's our concern. Here's the thing that Jose needs to overcome for him to make it Tottenham. You know, so it was kind of a real balanced article. It was real, I felt was fair. So it stuck with me that this was a concern that these people had. So, so again, dovetailing to the conversation I had with Harry Brooks, he was talking about the modern player is typically coached into a system, into a role within that system. So just 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, a fullback could probably cover left back quite comfortably. You know, if I'm right footed, but I can cover left back predominantly on the right. Okay, you tell him, right, you're going to play wing back this game. Okay, you know, that, that's fine. Because they were brought through academy systems where they were like, okay, this week you're left back, this week you're right back, this time you're right wing. You know, you, mm. you're playing all over the place to develop your skill sets. That changed. Coaches like Mauricio Pochettino, and again, this isn't being critical. This is just me talking about how things have changed. Pep Guardiola, coaches like that. I have a system. (laughs) This is how I play. This is my formation. And if you play for me, you will fit into that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's like, no matter what, we're going to play this way against everybody because we're going to play it so well. We're going to win. We're going to dominate. Now, the big difference between Pep and Pochettino, for example, is Pochettino had to mend and make do. So he would be in situations where it's like, this is my system. This is my philosophy. This is how I play. Um, I need a defensive midfielder. The club cannot sign me one, so I'm going to create one with Eric Dyer. And it worked for a season perfectly. The club then were able to sign one in Wanyama, and that worked for a season perfectly. Notably, our two best seasons, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, Pep Guardiola, of course, has a very different approach because of the clubs he's been at: Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Man City. Hmm. I need fullbacks. Goes and buys the best ones available. <laughs> mm. Hmm. I need a central defender. Goes and buys the best one available. That's why he's able to play his way all the time because he literally puts the absolute best players in each position. So taking it back to what I was talking about Matt Doherty and players of the modern player, the vast majority are coached in one role. This is it. This is how we play. So you are going to be coached week in, week out. This is what you do. You don't need to worry about any other role. You don't need to do anything else. Like, yeah, in a game there might be a sending off and you might have to adjust, but that's in-game kind of thing. That's not a tactical positional thing so Matt Doherty I think someone said he was 10 years at Wolves played as a wing back for dominated that from the championship into the Premier League so five six years in a row seasons 
week in, week out, that was his role. That was what he was coached. That was how he played. That was the system. That is all he has known. He comes to Tottenham, is told, we are going to play three central defenders. You are going to be one of the wing backs. Yep, no problem at all. That's great. And then he's a fullback. Mm. He probably arrived thinking, yeah, that's fine. You know, I'll give it a bloody good go. You know, uh, you want me to play this kind of? You remember when we were playing this lopsided thing with Jose, where basically Ben Davis was tucking in to create a three, but our right back was playing as a wing back, Aurier. So it kind of made sense that okay, we're playing this lopsided thing. Doherty will fit that role perfectly. But then we changed it, <laughs> so we signed him. Changed what we were doing. And yeah, we have tried with a back three a few times. But I think that's more down to our defence just being crap. But again, so the rumour is he, he's kind of like, you know, I've struggled to make this adjustment. And he's just been told, well, you're a professional. Suck it up. You should be able to do it. Do, do you think as well, Sam? Look, and, I, and I, I'm sure there's nothing to this. But yeah. just just it's just occurred to me. Like, he's obviously frustrated with how he's how it's happening at what's happened at the club you know yeah. of obviously him not getting being playing the position that, and he's getting a lot of grief and that yeah, it, yeah we know that he's a diehard gooner yeah don't we yeah. now now do you think that there is an element of kind of like because I, I i'm trying to picture it like, like i appreciate i've never been anywhere near like you know i play football for my mates occasionally but yeah. but if i was like say as a diehard Tottenham fan and I get the opportunity to play for Arsenal and I'm going to take it because like, you know, Spurs aren't going to sign me. They're not interested in me. And so you're playing for a club that you've been inherently kind of hating for years. I mean, he would have hated us, wouldn't he? As an Arsenal fan, he'd be like, he's going to hate Spurs, isn't he? I I I think the amount of hatred in the bile varies greatly. I think an Irish uh, Arsenal fan who lives in the Midlands isn't going to feel the same as one who grew up. Guess, in North yeah. London, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do take your point. I, I do. I do feel that when it comes to professional um, sport, you know, you, you're being paid. It's your employer, and I do think that as an adult in that in that realm, you're not going to be quite the same as you know. Like for example, there's a couple of kids in the academy we've got now. We picked up from Chelsea that Chelsea released last year, and the pair of them. The stuff they post on social media, like when Tottenham play well or stuff like that, they they are fully coys. They are like full on <laughs> Tottenham, and I get the impression it's like, oh, you're going to release me? Are you the club I love? You're going to release me? Right, well, f- you. I'm going to yeah. go to Tottenham. I'm going to become a professional. I'm going to be the best damn player at this club. Yeah, you know, and so it, I I think it can, you know it can vary massively, obviously. Uh, but you, I mean, your point. <laughs> I think when stuff's really not going well, it, you can kind of look for reasons. Mm. Um, you know, when he arrived, then we did this great social media thing of him deleting his Arsenal tweets, and all of us kind of laughed. It was, it was like, oh, that's great, uh, well done. You know, you, you've you've hit the, you've hit its head on. You know, it's been addressed. We can all move on now, Gooner. Um, but the minute he plays badly, mm. it's like a yeah. oh, bloody Arsenal fan. You know, um, <laughs> I, 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 I feel I feel for him a little bit. I do feel for him a little bit because you know it's his first season at the club, and although he's Premier League experience, like I've said before, he's literally played for one club for all of his career in one role, and then he's moved, you know, from the Midlands to London during a pandemic. There's no fan, it, you know. It is very odd and. Although I think it sounds like the player himself is almost demanding a move, um, I I wouldn't be upset to him being given a second season and an opportunity to prove himself. You know, I wouldn't be against it. 
if there was an opportunity to upgrade, then I think I'd take it as well. But I do feel for him a little bit because he is very much scapegoated at the moment. I mean, yeah, when you've got a situation with Serge Aurier, people are screaming for him to be in the first 11. You know you've got a problem. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, no one can rely on Serge, really. <laughs> you know, even yeah. Serge. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he even sometimes... I think he does stuff and goes, now, why did that happen? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's mad. Um, we, we Like you said, though, I mean, we do have to draw a line. Uh, we did win a game. And, uh, you know, to continue the conversation is quite interesting. We beat Aston Villa 2-0. Um, beating Villa's no easy thing. Um, you know, they're a good, solid team. Uh, and I think we played very well. I think we were. I think we were value for our win. I think we absorbed pressure at times, which happens in the Premier League. Uh, but I think probably the big thing that came from this game, and I think it's a big takeaway for me personally, was it proved that the players are still playing for Jose. Yeah. I mean, I watched this Tottenham team down tools on Pochettino. Um, anyone who watched that Brighton game where they just basically just let Brighton walk through them. Oh, and, that's and, horrendous. That yeah, was a 3-0 defeat as well, wasn't it? It was, mate, yeah. And yeah. that, that for me, was the gut-wrenching end of Pochettino's reign, I think. That that was kind of like... when I, I remember watching that and just thinking, even if one or two are still trying, the vast majority have gone, nah, we're done. We're done mm. with it. Uh, which is so painful <laughs> it was so painful I mean I remember us doing a podcast and me being like these ungrateful bastards he made them <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, but anyway so th- this to me the Villa game proved that no th- the squad is still playing for Jose they have not down tools so whether you're Jose in Jose out whatever like that the squad haven't given up and you see it time and time again with so many teams over the years um, what's going to happen next is yeah, who knows but it was a 2-0 win I think Kane played well but I think probably the big talking point going into the game was going to be team selection um, we then had a, a press a press leak basically from the club that Jose had shuffled the pack um, so everyone was kind of like oh, okay what's what's going to happen here you know what what are we going to expect uh, but the players that came in, let's pick two. Uh, Tanganga and Roden came in. And for the first time in a long time, I saw two Tottenham players in our defence give everything. Yeah. I mean, I, like, they were throwing their bodies in the way of shots. They were blocking. They were in people's faces. It, you know, they gave everything in that game. You, you've got you've got to play. I mean, you, you, you spoke, before, uh, spoke earlier about like Winks, who who sort of yeah. come through the academy is a Spurs. It's, it's the same with Tanganga. He's the, yeah, he's yeah. he's gone through it all. He's, he's a Spurs fan, so he's going to give it all. And then you've got Rodon, who obviously we, we signed last season from Swansea, so he's not had the same sort of path to where he is. Yeah. But I've said this before. Like I I love Rodon. Like I know obviously he got dropped when we lost to Brighton uh, yeah. last time, but on the on the on the whole, I've been really impressed with him. Yeah. I, I like I like. The, the attitude that he seems to have he's got he's got a presence about him he's he almost looks, he looks like, like a bit a of a good defender he does yeah. look like a very good defender yeah he does he does and and, and I know from only from a professional point of view and a, and not from a personality a personality point of view 
like and because I, I know you don't like me talking about this guy, but he kind of reminds me a bit of John Terry. He's got that kind oh, of for fun. mate. Look, I know you don't like him. None of us like him. He's Chelsea, <laughs> but the, the the thing is that the, like obviously John you, you Terry's going to get you, mentioned anyway because you, be, you can be Chelsea and no, still liked. I don't like John Terry because he's a racist. Yeah, I know, it, <laughs> Sam. I know, mate. I know. He from, shagged his mate's wife. He's a horrible person. <laughs> he is. Look, look. I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I actually saw him once. I was in um in a nightclub in Romford. Um, yeah. In my Essex days, my oh, you know, Essex. When I used Essex. to go clubbing in Essex. Yeah, Essex. Yeah. But you know, I've not lived in Essex for coming on 12, 13 years now, which is why you know I've, I I think that I'm a bit more kind of like you know I've yeah, got a posh yeah, voice. Yeah. Not that I've got no, anything. No. I love this. I love my Essex route. But anyway, um, so I was in a nightclub, Hollywoods. Funny enough, in in, in Romford, <laughs> Holly, Hollywoods, Hollywoods. <laughs> and uh, he he was I think he'd broken his leg. I think yeah. uh, so he was on crutches and he was in the uh, in Hollywoods and you could see he was being surrounded by people like he was loving mm. it. I mean he's, he's a He's a um, professional football football player, yeah. like you know, he's going to get. It. But on that occasion, I later sent, came to discover, and I didn't realise at the time, but he actually just took a piss up against the bar, basically, and just wow. was like, you know, and that was the kind of man we were dealing with, like that just didn't yep. care, you know. I'm just going to just relieve myself here because that's what I can do because I'm yeah. I'm the, you know. So yeah, he's not a nice person, but yeah. that aside. So what, purely... what you're talking about is the kind of body on the line, fully the football committed. player. Yeah, yeah the, this, this, it's, it's, I think that, um, and Mourinho must know this as well. A lot of the trophies Mourinho won at Chelsea, mm. I don't think he would have won without Terry being there. Yeah. And 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 I I can see like Rodon's still a young player, but I can see Rodon being that kind of defender if he's given time, yeah. if he's given time to be in I just, I have that that feeling with okay. him that, well, that he's, 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 like I say, he's, he's got a presence about him, he can play football. He's a mix of like the old school and the modern centre-back in one, I yeah. think. So, give him, give him, if he develops the right way, I mean, he's not, a, he's 20, 22, 23, isn't he? So he's not yeah. like an absolute no, youngster, I, I remember, you know? I remember um, when we signed him, I was looking for information on him. I'd not really seen him play a lot. And I read this uh, article from a uh, well-respected uh, sports journalist for Welsh football um, and said that basically when you're summing up Roden as a player, you've got to put bravery in there. You know, if you f- if a fan threw a brick onto the pitch, he'd head it away. You know, yeah, yeah. And I kind of thought, okay, all right. Well, that if if this is the kind of defender we're signing, that's the kind of defender we need. Yeah. He, um, he, do you know what Sam? He's 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 got that. This a defender I can think of that that, that had that about them, but unfortunately mm. didn't have the other side to them. Was Michael Dawson? Like Michael yeah, Dawson would Dawson. would throw anything in front of the ball, but unfortunately he he didn't have that. His his actual football yeah. skills, ball playing skills, were well, never well, up Dawes, to. Dawes and King still as a defensive pairing, I thought was excellent. Um, um, yeah. You needed, you needed both. If that makes sense, Dawson on his own was never really the same. You know, Dawson with anyone else was never really the same. No, and I no. always felt that King, you know, was phenomenal. You know, yeah, he could defend all by himself. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I may be glorifying the memory here, but I don't care. You know, <laughs> he, he could win games just by himself. The whole team, take a break. I got this. Yeah, well, um, he, he, he scored that. Was it, I think it's not the fastest goal anymore, is it? In a Premier yeah, League, but yeah, he can score yeah, goals. He can do anything, yeah, anything. He, he <laughs> run the team. He could be our next manager. Who knows? But, well, he's nearly uh, there. Yeah, the, the king, the king. Um, he's halfway there. And I, I always felt he needed someone next to him that, that wasn't like trying to play the ball. Just needed like an absolute 
beast next to him. Yeah. How England didn't manage to win things with Terry and King as a central defensive partnership or Ferdinand and stuff like that is still mental to me. Yeah, that's completely. a whole other that's a whole other thing. Mm. Um so yeah, I mean we won the game and we won the game well. Um uh we needed it. We needed it badly. Uh I I saw a lot of uh a lot of articles about how if we had lost Aston Villa, um Jose genuinely was going to be in uh, possible trouble with his job. Uh, after the game, a few of the players kind of let out a bit of a uh, you know rallying cry, a bit of a war cry. I'm very sceptical of social media, of course, ever since that one player tweeted and accidentally left in what the press officer had told him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> make right. sure you tweet something like, and then wrote a tweet. <laughs> so literally just copied and pasted <laughs> it and tweeted it. Idiot. <laughs> um, so I'm always very sceptical of players. Um, At least it's not know, Joe Hart's social media team. <laughs> uh, social media team. I told you, anyone who missed this, right? When we lost in Zagreb, Joe Hart's social media team tweeted "job done" with a green <laughs> tick. Right now, not only have they done it by retweeting the result card, so it's not just like they've scheduled a tweet assuming we'd win. They've literally retweeted and like, sorry, Instagram the Tottenham we've lost three 0 with job done and a green tick over it. Um, Joe like gets off the plane and just to an absolute hammering, obviously deletes it. Um, and then just blames his social media team. I mean, the idea of Joe Hart having a social media team is still making me laugh. Yeah, um, sure. I, I personally love the idea that it was his mum. You know, his, <laughs> his mum handles his social media. She's put, she's like, gone, oh, sorry, Joe, I didn't, I didn't watch the game because you weren't playing. You know, um, oh, <laughs> I just assumed you'd won. I heard three 0 and thought, well, it must be Tottenham. <laughs> to be fair, it was a fair assumption. It really should have been. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, to be honest with you, people who are genuinely wanged up about that, you know, just get over it. Yeah, it's, of course. It's stupid. Yeah. Um. But, but it did make me laugh. Uh, Pierre-Emile Hoybier said uh, after the game we won 2-0 and he put 9 plus 1 finals to go. Um, I wanted to touch on that because obviously we have got the League Cup final. But him referring to every game that's left as a final I think is the attitude that embodies him as a player. You can tell that. Oh, completely, but I yeah. do think that that's the attitude we as a club need to take on. Because as ridiculous as this sounds, and this is absolutely ridiculous, we could still finish the season in the top four with a trophy, which if someone had offered us at the start of the season, I'd say nigh on everyone would say yes, please. Yeah, completely, yeah. Literally, yeah. top four in a trophy? Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, then. I'll take yeah, we'll that, have yeah. that. Yeah, I'll have that, definitely. And yet, we are in this position where everybody, every one of us, feels like, oh, this has been so crap. This has been so bad. This is, you know, what are we doing? And yet, we are still there. We are still in striking distance to achieve both. Now, take this podcast back two months and we're going, we're still in every competition. You know, we could still win everything, which is mental. Now, <laughs> that has gradually dwindled, right? <laughs> we're, now yeah. in the, we're now in the last chance saloon for this. But the chance is still there. So, as mental as that is, Dan, who's an admin on the page with us, sent me a message and he wanted me to make sure I said this on the show because, again, speaking of how mental this is with our perception and then statistics, 
Do you know who's top of the form table in the league at the moment? Go on. Us. Seriously? Yep, we are joint top with Man City. Four oh wins and, and, a, and a defeat in the last five. Wow, that's insane, isn't it? How? how? What, what the... F- <laughs> like, I didn't believe him. He, he literally said it and I laughed and then I looked up and I was like, what? That's... that's what? That I mean, this season's mental, right? Oh. No, no one can string together a run other than Man-, Man City. The only team that have managed to do it, and they're dominating because of it. The rest of everybody else has just been like, "Yay, we're great!" No, we're crap. Yay, we're great again. Oh no, no, still crap, still crap. Oh no, it's mad, isn't it? It's it is absolutely insane, mad. absolutely insane. It just goes to prove football with no fans is broke. Yeah, it's broken. It is absolutely. <laughs> Stupid, um, <laughs> but we we are in this situation. Hoybios hit the nail on the head. There are nine league games remaining. There is one league cup final. That is ten games of football, and Tottenham Hotspur need to look at those ten games and go win them. Yeah. Because if you win those ten games, you will finish the season. I know it's not mathematically dead, but I believe you would finish the season in the top four and a trophy. And that should be what they are all just saying. That should be the pure focus. That should be every training session is just win these games, the next and, game, the yeah, next course. game. And, and, you, and you look, Sam, as well, and look, I know no game in the Premier League is easy. I'm not going to no. suggest that we've got an easy run in, but no, at the same at time, you can take, there's no there's no Liverpool fixtures, there's no, no Man City we've fixtures. Them. We've done them. Done the, done the North um, London derbies. So the one thing I Chelsea we, fixtures. But we do have Man United, and they're a bit pissed at us. Yeah, but I, it, I, the, I only, the only it is at home this one though. Yeah, it's a home I, I, tie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The crowd to get behind. Oh no, wait. Oh no. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Well, maybe maybe we could because Boris says we can gather in groups of like five at that point. We can just all stand in little clusters outside the ground and shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See if they can yeah. hear us. Yeah, <laughs> we are the Burger Bar. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I it's mad the situation. I, I mean, I I cannot get over this feeling of utter crapness, and yet we are still in this situation where things are achievable. Um, focusing on the League Cup final for a moment, then uh, I, I discussed it with you last night, and I discussed it with Stefan, so I'm going to announce it today. We are going to do a League Cup final special of the podcast. So on Sunday, the 25th of April, the game kicks off at four o'clock. On the morning of that Sunday, there will be a show featuring the three of us, purely talking about that final, purely building up towards it. It could be you could add it in as part of your pre-match routine for the day. Um, it's going to be as positive as Santa Claus on Prozac getting blown. It is going to be <laughs> insane. It's going to be so happy because, as I said to Stefan last night, you said, "Oh, are we, we going to try and be, you know, constructive? How are we going to do it?" I was like, "No. If we lose that game, we'll have days and months afterwards to be upset and crap about it. In the build-up to it, we are going to be, we're going to do this." You yeah. know, let's let's put out that positive vibe, that energy into the universe, and let's try and win the bloody game. Um, so yeah, Sunday the twenty fifth April there will be. So so the normal show will continue on the Thursday. This is a bonus episode. Dun dun dun. Let's face it, we don't get in many finals. So no. <laughs> this is yeah. So yeah, thumbs up. We're gonna do it. It's gonna be fun. I did look into um, alternate commentary as well. Um, you need to have over so many subscribers on YouTube to be able to go live with their feature. 
uh, obviously I set the YouTube channel up and you know it's like no one on there I think there's one subscriber I think it's me so, <laughs> so yeah so I'll, I will look at that because I did think it could be funny for us to do during the Euros because with it not being Tottenham we could have a bit more of a laugh um, and also when we're playing certain teams trying to listen to me pronounce the names could be hilarious all by itself yeah um, although I did see the Spurs, uh, sorry, the England under twenty-one squad the other day, and I I struggle with that just as much. I mean, I struggle with Ryan Sessignon. I mean, that's bad enough. I mean, but some <laughs> of the names in that now, I, I've got no chance, absolutely no chance. At all. Just just every time Skip gets the ball, just mention him. And yeah, that's it. Just, Skip's oh, over it's there. A, it's, it's, a, it's a great pass to Skip. Skip now has the ball. Ooh, <laughs> Skip has the ball. Okay, he lays it back. It's the it's the Arsenal striker. Um. I want to say Nikita, but every time I look at it, I'm like, I can't, I can't work out how how to pronounce that at all. And yet, I don't think commentators can either, because when I'm listening to it, okay, just trying to learn this kid's name, and I swear every time I'm hearing a different version, even in the same game. <laughs> do, do, do you know what? That's just reminding me, and I don't know if this bothers you, but it bothers the hell out of me. Why can't why can't any commentators say Hoybier? Oh, None of them say it. <laughs> it, it but the best one's Gary Neville when he's having some sort of like epileptic fit with it. Oh, that's pure Amir Hoijaberg. It's like what? What happened? Someone, someone, check on Neville. Is he all right? Um, by the just, way, just did anyone like, else notice as well? Sorry, this is a really stupid thing. We beat Villa two 0 uh, Vinicius was playing. He kept saying it was the eve of his birthday. I'm like. I- it's not his birthday tomorrow. Why does he keep saying this? What, okay. what the hell? Um, but yeah, his birthday's actually today, which is the 25th. So happy birthday, Carlos. <laughs> it's a bit early with that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah it was odd. I, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking, say it once, someone might correct him. But no, he said it like five times. Oh, you know, the eve of his birthday, he's got a goal. I'm like, no, no his birthday's not tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. um, it, it's that time of the show we need to move across because we do have a, a ton of fan questions um, we have them from both Instagram and the Facebook page so yeah if you're ready my friend let's see what people got to say let's go now it's time for your comments we're going to start with Instagram because Laura said I have to, and she's the <laughs> boss, basically. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, actually, before I get too stuck into it, we did get a message on the Facebook page. Um, oh, crap. Why did I do this to myself? The message comes from Trondov Rikstad. Okay. Or Trondovi Rikstad, Norwegian. Hello. Tonight, Christian Tortsvet, son of Eric the Viking, scored his first goal for the Norwegian national team on his debut. No way. Yeah. Now, as a Tottenham fan in the 90s, the Viking was a big part of my life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did I did spot that. Someone messaged the page to let us know. So I thought, oh, no, well, I've got to mention that. That's got to be mentioned. He's got. So he must have had his kids quite late in life then. Because like, I would imagine that... If he'd have had like children in his thirties, then they would be coming to the end of their career now. So he must have had. I don't know how old he is. Because he he was in his thirties in the nineties, wasn't he? So maybe he's just an old dad. Maybe, maybe. Uh. 
I, t- I tell you what, whilst I get this thing going, look up on Google how old Eric Torsbed is. If, yeah. I would have even, let me have a look, because I would have even said that it, it would be his grandson. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm gonna, right, look up, because maybe, maybe it is. Right, um, I'm going to guess he's 55, okay? He's, he's 58. Ah, see, I wouldn't fire wrong. So if he's got a, if he's got a son that's just broken into the into the first team, it would be twenty, well, I guess. And then he's, well, I, he's... well, I don't know. Well, we don't know that he could be crap, and he's thirty. He just got in because everyone got injured or something. <laughs> look, look him up. I think I think he's young. I think he is young because I think he had a trial with us. Right. He's his his son's Christian Torsved, uh, yeah. who's twenty two. Uh, twenty two. And he okay. plays for Genk. <laughs> he plays for who? Genk. Genk. Is it Genk? It's Genk, isn't it? Genk. Genk. G E N K, yeah. G E N K. But he 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 played. Um, so Christian Torsved played for Viking, yeah. from 2018 to 2019. Scored mm. 19 goals in 50 yeah. appearances, yeah. and has now scored two goals in 29 appearances for Genk. He's yeah, uh, yeah broke into the Nor- Norwegian first team, scored a goal. He played seven times for the under 21, scored four goals. Oh, so very good. He, he actually doesn't seem. Yeah, he seems quite a decent yeah. player. Well, he's Christian, coming through with part of the Erling Haaland generation are yeah. all a bit beastie. Yeah. yeah. yeah keep, keep an eye on those Scandinavian footballers. They always generate good players. Um, okay, so on Instagram, we've got the Tottenham Balkans. Uh, is Bale leaving or not leaving Tottenham? Um, it was always a one-year loan. Um, I think if he'd perform brilliantly for us, the club would be moving heaven and earth to secure him for a second season. Um, personally, I don't think he has performed brilliantly for us. I don't think he's been valued for money. No. Um, I'm still personally gutted. I think getting to a stadium to watch him and Harry Kane play in the same team. Um, I think his performance level would have been higher with fans in the stadium. That's just my personal opinion. I think feeling the love from the fans, it would have been just inspirational for him. But unfortunately he's arrived in this weird sterile environment mm. uh so again my personal opinion i i think yeah when the loan deal ends he goes back to madrid that's my my opinion yeah i think you're right mate uh george elloway says when do you think we will win an important trophy well the define important george um you know the audi cup i think you'll find sits quite yeah. high up there um I miss the envy of envy of professional football players. That trophy, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I distinctly remember the international challenge trophy coming to the lane. Um, people people seem to dismiss these. I don't yep. know. What, I don't know what's going mm. on there. Uh, George also says, "Do you prefer the Pochettino Spurs or the Jose Spurs?" <laughs> um, it depends. What it depends. What what time of Pochettino's reign that we're talking about? There, there were two years where I was just delighted yeah i'll have um, that please now thank you yeah yeah th- th- those two years watching us every single game feeling like we're gonna do them no i'm being at home we dropped four points yeah. at home all season four yeah. points we only dropped four points in the entire yeah. season at home can you imagine <laughs> um so yeah i to be honest with you george at the moment i think my brain is still very much in that two years window where I loved everything we did and ironically it was in the third or the fourth year where we got to the Champions League final yeah <laughs> so, not bad feet so yeah uh, still Pochettino Spurs for me but uh, that's not me wanting to attack Jose he's doing a transitional job so yeah mm. <laughs> yeah still 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 pop for me uh the JMFS says who do you feel are the best and the worst sports commentators 
You said that as sports. Are you are you asking? Do I feel like football are the worst? Do I feel like cricket's the worst? Baseball, American football. Or is he talking about a person individually? Or individuals? Or... Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Taking it as he's written, who are the worst sports commentators? Um, gotta be honest with you. Um, football's gotta be up there because I and I don't know whether it's just because I'm getting older and it, it could be this, but I find. I find I want to mute them more and more. Like I'm, I'm like, you're not actually adding anything to the enjoyment of this. You're, you're kind of, in many effects, actually taking away my enjoyment of watching this game. <laughs> um, I'd say rugby commentators are really aggravating, uh, but again, that's possibly because of my understanding of the game, and I get very frustrated when I hear an absolute numpty who's never played try and tell me something's different than what it really is. Uh, but I, from my, my favourite is the cricket because they basically get smashed during a test match there's a guy called Bumble who basically opens I love the wine at yeah. noon and by 4 o'clock when he's doing his shift he's basically just talking to the crowd yeah. the most exciting game could be going on in the world and he's like oh look there's a guy with a hat look at him <laughs> Do you know what I love as well? Nasser Hussain, who, yeah. who, who just just take he's, you can tell he's just taking a Mickey out of him. Like yeah. you know, once he's been on yeah. for for a while, you know, he's just he's getting a rise out of him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, love it. I mean, so yeah, so uh, if we're talking about sports, that's that's my there, there you go. It's cricket wins at the moment. Yeah. Um. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, we've got a question here, and we've got a question for someone who has their own intro. He's a man, such a man, such a man, he's a real, a real man's man. He's a man, he's a mountain man. Uh, Clearly the Wi-Fi is clear on the mountain, because his question is... Who should be captain when Lloris goes? For me, it should be Hoybier. What do you think, mate? Well, if Kane doesn't go with him, I'd say Kane. But uh, if uh, otherwise, yeah, Hoybier is a great shout for me. Great yeah. shout. It, it is a great shout. Um, I yeah, I, I I think if Kane's at the club or we're trying to keep Kane at the club, maybe the armband could do it. You know. Um, mm. Come on, Harry, give us another year. Here's the armband. Please, um, please. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's about 60,000 fans outside currently praying that you say. Uh, so, yeah, so, so that's that. But, yeah, so nice to hear from you, Mountain Man. I trust you're well up there and the atmosphere is keeping well. Um, we now move across to Facebook and we have a first question from Matt Hope. Matt says, who do you think Hugo and Jose were referring to? Essentially saying there were some selfish, large egos in the dressing room. I thought those days were behind us. Also, surely Jaff plays every single match now. Surely. Uh, on, to, on the Tanganga comment, um, he was phenomenal. I, 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 do, I do do this quite a lot. I'm going to say it again. Everyone, please keep your expectations level. He's a young player. He is going to make mistakes. So... Don't crucify him, please. These youngsters do read social media a lot. <laughs> so, you know, please please measure your reactions to things. Um, he's, he's a young player. He is going to make errors, but he gives everything. And I, I, I think and I hope that, like me, people are more forgiving. If you see someone literally 
give everything they've got on the pitch. If there is an error, you're far more forgiving. Yeah, um, and I hope yeah. and I hope that's the case with Jaff. Um, when you're talking about who were they were essentially who they were referring to. I mean, uh, you you can point fingers, you can kind of guess. I don't think that's constructive. I don't think us singling out people. Um, there's one or two one or two journalists and stuff at the club who I, who I kind of trusted with their insight, who have quickly <laughs> quickly made a list. <laughs> right. um, and I kind of looked at the list and went, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, look, it's out there, Matt. Have a look around. I I don't. Me personally. I don't know because you'd look at I think the obvious one you could point out would be Bale for example you could look at him and go well you know he's come in Bertie Big Bollocks earning all his money um, you know wants to play but he ain't playing but every interview and every um, everything I see with Bale seems to just indicate that he's just really happy to be back at Tottenham and playing any form of football enjoying training again enjoying being around players again you know I think Harry Kane said uh, yesterday um, him and Bale basically spent like an hour pinging passes to each other in training (laughs) it was it was like which one of us is going to make a mistake first you know you know I was talking about that kind of competition so I I don't get the impression that it's him but I, I don't know I mean none of us know I mean it could be Harry Kane how much would we all be heartbroken if it was Kane <laughs> you know <laughs> if Kane's the asshole you know back there and you know we'd all be absolutely destroyed by that news so I, I don't know I think we can all suspect and I think one or two that we all suspect is right <laughs> um, yeah but yeah. but yeah I, I don't want to go down the names road um the next question is from Tom <clears throat> I keep getting his name wrong do you want to have a crack at this Go on. Well, it's A G E R S K O W. Apparently, Agar's Q and right. Agar's K is wrong. But of right. course, that could be Dan winding me up. <laughs> okay. Is it? Is this yeah. question about a TV program? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm actually really disappointed. This question is nothing stupid this week. <laughs> Tom Agar's cow. Tom Tom Agar's cow. Yeah, uh, sod it. Maybe it's got like a silent A or something. So it's Tom Gersku. Anyway, uh, since it's the international break, where does this England squad finish in the Premier League? Okay, it's not not daft, but not a serious one either. So assuming all the players can play for their club and the country, where would this England team finish in the league? I think mid table. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not going above. You're going, you're probably looking at Arsenal kind of level, aren't you? Oh, very mid-table then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, very mid-table. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, very swing and a miss. Um, <laughs> Peter Robinson says, Sadly, it seems that my early season prediction is going to come true. We're never going to see the stadium packed to the rafters with Gareth Bale. Yeah, you're right, dude, yeah. It is, it is really sad. And, and, it is sad. You know, I, I've only been a season ticket holder for, what, three, three, three years now, yeah. I think. And, yeah, it, it's, it's a sickener. It is a real sickener. Like, you know, because... I would have loved to have seen Gareth Bale. I would love to. Be to be honest you, mate, I, I, me too. I, I, I just, just the, the, there's a couple of times we were watching on TV and I put in our chat, like, I've just heard the words Bale to Kane. Yeah. And even that made me feel like, oh, wow, that's, that's great. Yeah. So to have gone and watched it, you know, I, 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 so yeah, I am, oh, it's a signal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I just, yeah, I would love to have seen that. Um, Pete Thompson says, "Hi guys, hope you are well. As always, you're doing a great job." Oh, well done, Pete. 
flattery gets you everywhere. I've got two <laughs> questions. Well, you were so nice, my friend. You can have them both, yeah. Yeah, what do you think our transfer policy will be in the summer? There's lots of talk in the papers and social media of us not signing players that are currently on loan, also players currently on loan not wanting to extend the loan. Is this tactics from players, their agents, Daniel Levy? Question two... I've seen plenty of talk about Skip and how well he's doing at Norwich, as well as a few of our other loanies getting heaps of praise, including Juan Foyth. Is there a place for these players next season? Uh, So, number one, transfer policy. I want to do a segment on the show, maybe next week if you're up for it, Matt, where me and you basically talk about just transfers, squad, you know, squad building, squad changes. Yeah, I'm happy with that, mate. More than happy yeah. with that. Yeah. Both both do a little bit of homework going in and well, homework? Put, Hang on. Yeah, yeah, homework. No, do, actually, do, do you know what? Let's yeah, let's yeah. not bother with this one. <laughs> we'll just do our normal format. <laughs> normal format, show up, talk and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm joking. Yeah, a bit of homework going in, uh, and we'll try and work out a few few areas. Um uh, but the transfer policy my understanding from everything I've read and everything I've seen from people that I think are trustworthy the club are in a position where, yes, we're going to be looking to do transfers. However, and I know people are going to go, oh, so what else is new? It literally is going to be out and in. It literally is going to be whatever is sold is the funds that are available. And I think because of that, you're going to see a number of positions and a number of changes in the squad potentially that might surprise a few people. So, like, for example, Ben Davis is loved by Jose Mourinho. Um, I know a lot of the fans don't like Ben. I, I personally like Ben. I think I he's like a great him. professional. Yeah. Um, but I think when you've got Ryan Sessegnon and you've got uh, Regulon as your two left-back options for next season, he's surplus to requirements. And you can sell him without having to sign a left-back replacement. I mean, you've also got Dennis Serkin from the academy coming in, providing competition as well. So, you could sell Ben for whatever the fee is you could get for Ben, uh, and that money then goes towards another pos- another position. So it's stuff like that I think we're going to see, um, and we're going to see potentially. Um, when it comes to the loans, uh, Carlos Vinicius has a buy clause of about $40 million. There's no way the club are paying that. Um, I don't think their intention was ever to pay that. I think it was, you know, don't get me wrong. If he'd come in, Kane had broke his leg in the first week and then Vinicius had scored 30 to 40 goals, I think they'd gone, yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. sure. He's, he's well worth it. Uh, the reality is he's coming and he's done exactly what we need him to do. I, I saw someone the other day say, well, he's crap. I'm like, really? <laughs> he's literally playing a bit part role. Every game he has started, he's scored in. <laughs> It's like, you know, it's it's something like uh, 10 goals, 6 assists. I know opposition, etc. And I know you banged in a few in the in the FA Cup and the Europa League and stuff. But you still need someone to do that. And yeah, of course. With Soldado and Janssen and stuff, we struggled with oh, that. Oh, God. Yeah. And it meant that Kane had to play even more, you know. Mm. Um, I, I don't think he's let us down at all. I don't think Jose trusts him as much as I do. I, you know, I don't fully get that, but um, I, I'm not disappointed with him at all. I think this has been a good season. I think the loans worked. Yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that Kane, although Kane has had an injury, it's not been yeah. the the usual month yeah. or two months out. I don't think that's yeah. a coincidence. No, I don't think it's a coincidence. I also don't think it's a coincidence that with a real striker there, Harry Kane's probably had his best season for us. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I know this is like his absolute prime he's in now. 27, 28, 29, 30 is deemed to be like, you know, some sort of 
Premier League era prime and Kane this season has transitioned from Alan Shearer to Teddy Sheringham in my mind yeah, if that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah but you know at the moment Kane's top for goals scored joint with Vardy um, and he's top with assists it's in ridiculous the it's ridiculous isn't it? uh, yeah and we're crap remember we're crap <laughs> yeah, we're top of the form table and our striker is top for assessing goals but we are shite <laughs> oh it doesn't make sense man why do I feel that way it doesn't make sense so conflicting yeah, I'm so conflicted all the time. Um, with regards to Oliver Skip, um, uh, as much as it hurts me, um, I think Winks will be sold. If Jose Mourinho is still manager, let's just make that as the assumption, I think Winks is going to be sold, and I think Skip literally just walks into that squad space. Um, they're very different players, but Skip fits more the way Mourinho likes to play than Winks does. So... That's, that's that really I think that happens no end no problem I don't think Juan Foyf's coming back to us he's doing very well for Villarreal and they do have an option to buy him he's proven to be a very useful player for them he's literally covered right back central defence and defensive midfield and he's done all three positions very well uh, you know he started the season like really in and out of the team but now he's like their go-to guy um uh, I don't. I, I can't imagine them not picking up the claws. And even if they don't, I don't imagine the club wanting him. I think he'll be on the market because of our homegrown players, non-homegrown issues. I yeah, think sure. he's one that is surplus. Um, Freddie Overton says, if Bale leaves at the end of the season, having scored only a couple of goals and basically used Spurs to get fit for the Euros, on a pound for points basis, will it be considered good value? No, not really. No, I, yeah, I agree. No, no agree not really. Um, in, in, in that very cold, unfeeling way of looking at it, Freddie, no, it's not good value. But that feeling of the day he rejoined us, uh, I, I, I don't know, I can't personally put a price on that. The joy, I think, and the optimism and the fun and everything we had around that time was, was special. And yeah, it's not worked out the way we all wanted it to. It's not worked out the way he wanted, we wanted anything. This whole season's been back-ass words. But, yeah, yeah. but you know, that that was that, that was something special. And I, I truly believe fans in the stadium, it's a very different season. But, you know, this what it is what it is. Mm. Liam Hickey, the problem with Spurs is Levy's hard negotiator tactics. Until he stops arguing over 5 to 10 million, see Barkley, Grealish, <laughs> plus the others, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, selling KWP and bringing in Doherty for more money, who's similar if not worse, then signing not as good players to have some coin, e.g. Sanchez, Sissoko, Aurier, is truly what's costing Tottenham, not the managers. The Champions League is worth twice the Europa League, so in the long term, his shrewdness actually cost us more than the couple of million it saves at the time. Okay. <clears throat> That's quite a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> Daniel Levy gets praised when he pulls off a bargain transfer. Uh, Van der Vaart, for example. I think he came in at like 8 million rising to 11. Amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. It was nuts. That's that's just ridiculous. We That that should not happen. Um, and Daniel Levy was praised quite rightly for doing the deal for Regulon and Bale. Um, and to be honest with you, in the summer, and I, and I stand by this, I think he did a phenomenal job. In a COVID environment, the signings that we made, I genuinely think was phenomenal. I thought the squad building and the work that was done was great. 
it was two years too late, but but it was great. So so focusing on that, I, I think it's very easy, therefore, to, to sort of go down that road. The the thing about Barkley, Grealish, those transfers, I 100% agree that's his failing. That, for me, is one of the things I look at with Daniel Levy, where it's not a... He's not a football guy. He is a business guy. And that is where there is that issue. And that is where, for some time, I've wanted Daniel Levy to go, here is a director of football who is a football guy. Here is a budget for you. Go do it. You know, what what you spend that budget on, how that budget's broken down is on you. And if you want me to sanction something else, something else, you come to me. But you do it. Because Daniel building the stadium, the infrastructure of the club, and everything he's done with that, I don't think anyone else could do that. I think he's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. He has transformed the club in 20 years from perennial also-rans potentially relegated to perennial European challengers potentially challenging for a trophy. Uh, From White Art Lane, which I loved with all of my heart but was old, and needed to be updated to this worldly in stadium the training ground as was um not the best let's let's put it that way not the best you know very old-fashioned now state-of-the-art with uh, you know living accommodate you know it is everything the club has transformed in front of our eyes during his tenure that cannot be taken away from him when it comes to the transfers and when it comes to stuff like that i've said it before and i'll say it again it, the business acumen of trying to negotiate hardball over that doesn't work in football because, like you've just said, and it also when it comes to player sales, you know, sometimes taking a hit on a fee to get a player out of the squad that's unhappy is the best thing to do because it brings the whole squad down that you've got someone there just loitering, lingering, like Banquo's ghost, you know, just will not fuck off. Mm. And it drags everybody down. Now, imagine going into work every day with a guy who hates his job. And you've got to listen to him all day. Every day. Oh, why am I still here? Oh, this is so crap. This is so rubbish. All the time. It's going to have an impact on you. I think most of us have worked with someone like that. <laughs> so, whether you're a professional footballer earning hundreds of thousands, or you're a guy working in a factory earning hundreds, it's the same thing. It's going to get you down. It's going to... Completely, yeah, completely. And and a coach will say, look, I need this guy gone. You know, this guy isn't committed, he isn't this, he needs to go. The chairman at that point used to go, okay. You know, you can't have a chairman go, no, 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 he'll be fine, he'll be fine. You know, he's not on much money, he's he's all right in the squad. Um, We we ain't going to get a good fee for him. And there are countless, countless examples of that happening. And countless examples. I mean, Liam just said then, the, the, the squad needed overhaul before. You know, the miss, missing out on Grealish is probably one of the most stark examples all of us can look at right now and go, wow. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. that kid is transformational. I, I watch Aston Villa. When Grealish plays for Aston Villa, they are a different team. And we were lucky and fortunate enough that he didn't play the other day. Because when he plays against us, he has that kind of glint in his eye of, this is what you could have won. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, which I don't blame him for at all. Because he got dipped around by us that summer. So, I, I, I get that criticism. I do think it's fair. I do think in the greater context, 
uh, Daniel Levy needs to be judged in that greater context. Talking purely about transfers, I do think it's a failing. Saying it's not the managers, um, again, is a debate. Um, I do think that Mauricio Pochettino, for example, proved that you can work within this system and develop and move forward. But even he made it abundantly clear that the club needed to do things differently to take that final step. Um, Jose came in, we had a in my opinion, still a good window. That indicated to me that the club were ready to do things differently. Um, it's very hard to judge because of COVID. With Without COVID, stadium full, all of the events, all of the sponsorships, all of those things that would be in place that isn't, the club could very well be spending the money that we all think they should, but yeah, they currently can't. So it's so frustrating because it's like whilst the stadium was built I kept saying oh look when it's done that's when we'll see that's when we'll really see and now this has happened it's like oh, I still don't know yeah, <laughs> I yeah. still don't know if this man has any ambition for the team or not I can't mm. judge it it's not fair to judge so uh, we've got to wait um, but anyway that was a long answer to that question sorry <laughs> Um, Barry Fowle says transfer policy seems to be go cheap in order to find a diamond that needs polishing but for every Modric we get 10 Janssens <laughs> uh, we then struggle to offload them that's true if we are to be the winning things do we need to be signing two to three world class proven players to enhance the team every year what's your take on Mbappe to Real Madrid came the PSG rumours uh, three points off top four in a cup final. How do you see the end of the season going? Well, we've kind of touched on a lot of that already. Uh, with regards to the rumours, Real Madrid and Barcelona have got no money. Um, don't listen to anyone who says they do. They are literally going to have to sell to sign anybody. Real Madrid are having a five to six player fire sale. Um, Arsenal are looking, we're looking. A couple of clubs are keeping an eye on a few players Real Madrid have got. Um, we are apparently... Um, again, this is a rumour, going to make them a cash offer to clear the clause in Regulon's contract for a buyback. Okay. And they are they are so hard up for money, um, that it looks like they might take that. Wow, that, is, that's, um, that would have been unheard of so for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Real Madrid Barcelona are both, um, technically, genuinely, if you look at their accounts, they're bankrupt. Both mm. clubs are that screwed. But they're basically being propped up by the fact that when fans are allowed to come back and things can come back commercially, their revenue will kick back in. But their wage bills, etc., like Gareth Bale's wages, is not Gareth Bale's not the highest earner at Real Madrid. That's insane, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah, it is. insane. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, so just let that sink in. Uh, Kane will not go to PSG. Uh, Harry Kane uh, loves Mauricio Pochettino, but he won't go to France. He's not going to go play in the French League. That's no, just not going to happen. Um, if Harry Kane leaves us, I generally think it's going to be to an English club. Harry Kane wants to break Alan Shearer's record. Um, so, you know, I, I, at the moment, my mind is more that he's not going to leave. But that can change. We got nine. We got ten games left. In, you know, including the final. A lot can change. Um, Ryan Miller says at the end of the season, we don't get Europe and we lose that cup final. Is Mourinho getting sacked? Sorry, and Mourinho gets sacked. Do you think Levy will stand down, or do you think he will remain and try to fix things? Levy's not standing down. No, I can't see that. Do you think he should? Um, If if that happens, when you when you work on the theory that Daniel Levy basically by appointing Jose kind of even said it on the documentary, this is all on me. You know, I've made this call. This is 
you know, we'll, we'll find out if this is right. Do, do you think he should? Yeah, I mean, like, if he's he, he's kind of... He's, it's like he's played a game of Yahtzee, hasn't he? He's thrown so yeah. many dice. I mean, it, this potentially was the last roll of the dice for him. Yeah. Like, you know, I've tried everything. Nothing seems to work. Let's just go yeah. for a manager that's renowned yeah. for winning trophies. If this doesn't work, I literally don't know what, what else to... What, 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 what number to roll anymore. I'm just, yeah. I just give up. You know, you, you kind yeah. of think almost... I... There'd be an element of that. For me, if if I was Joe Lewis sitting on one of my many yachts, perhaps parked off one of my many islands, that'd be nice. I wouldn't would, it? Uh, yeah, wouldn't it? Just, <laughs> I'd say you've had twenty odd years to win things. But but the thing is, is there's a big difference. Okay, I'm a Tottenham fan. I'd like us to be very successful on the pitch. Um, Joe Lewis sits back and goes, "Yay! I bought that for twenty five million. It's now worth two billion. Daniel Levy, you're a genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, very different things. Uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, super sub. Step in, Stefan says, great podcast as always recently. Compliments gets you notice, I hear. Yeah, it does, <laughs> you're right. Uh, so Bale's not staying by the looks of it. Well, he never was, it was alone. Uh, Skip's done great. Foyf apparently doing well. True, another guy said that. God, Stefan, get your own questions, dude. Bloody hell. <laughs> Have Spurs finally utilised the loan system? <laughs> After Pochettino hated using it. Uh, yes, um, it was one of my critiques of Pochettino, which still stands. Uh, I felt we wasted a generation of talent in our academy because of it. Uh, Josh Onoma, Carl Walker-Peters, um, and Edwards, I felt could have been loaned, should have been loaned. And the three of them would be first-team players for Tottenham. I stand by that. I genuinely believe it. Um, but unfortunately, that didn't work out. Uh, the loan the loan system is interesting. A lot of people uh, take if a player goes on loan and they barrel in goals, etc., etc., then they're phenomenal and they're the best player in the world. If a player goes out on loan, he hardly scores, hardly does anything, doesn't play as much. It was a complete waste. Um, yeah. Loans are about experience. Loans are about learning different ways. It's a little bit about growing up. <laughs> you know, um, uh, the best example I give of this is Troy Parrott. Troy Parrott got a bit Bertie Big Bollocks being moved into the first team. Um, Troy got sent back to the under-23s, the under-18s, and didn't really like it. You know, I'm, I'm part of the first team squad. Why am I back here again? Uh, he's gone out on loan. And he struggled a little bit. He's, he's had to find his feet. He's had to realise that, you know, this is what you got to do. And by all accounts from both Millwall and now Ipswich, the kid works ridiculously hard. And uh, from accounts from playing on the pitch, the kid's playing well. And a lot of people just look at it and go, what, he scored one goal? Crap, thought he was supposed to be good. It's just not It's not what it's about. Loans are about playing. It's about experience. And even if you're not playing, it's about being there competing at a competitive level, professional competitive level. Um, I, I do feel for the ones on loan a little bit this season again because there's no fans. You're not quite getting that same grassroots experience, although perhaps that's a benefit for some of them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to a few grassroots football games. You think the fans at the Premier League are bad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, to answer you, Stefan, yeah, I think it is working. I think it's working a lot better. The club made some structural changes. Um, it's not, you know, Jose likes to utilise the loan system, definitely, but it's actually a club thing where they've gone part of the development pathway needs to be that players obviously there's going to be some exceptions there's going to be some player in the academy that comes through and you go wow get him in the first team now you know yeah sure but that is very much the exception not the rule uh the rest of the time part of the pathway is going to be 
getting first team football and what the club are trying to do is develop relationships with certain clubs where they they know they've got good coaching where they know they can trust that they send the players there they're going to be looked after um you know whether that and that's not just in england as well in scotland the club's trying to develop links there you know i always remember that the italian player for ac milan gattuso got sent on loan to glasgow rangers uh because they want to toughen him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're sending you to Scotland, <laughs> and you're going to go there, and you're going to learn how to be, you know, a nasty. And it worked, by the way. It really worked. Um, the last one is from Marty Ost, who says, "I never watch championship games, but I find myself having a look at Skip. He's excellent. We should sell Winks and Sissoko. <laughs> yeah, okay, and let him batten it out with Hoybier." The player who really catches my eye, though, when I'm watching Skip is Cantwell for Norwich. What a player. Should we sign him whilst he's affordable? Um, I don't think he's that affordable, <laughs> for one. Um, Cantwell and Aarons are two players that the club want to sign. Um, we scouted them heavily before they even got to the Premier League the first time. Um, we watched them in the Premier League and thought they both acquitted well. They went back down to the Championship and are both now looking like experienced good professional players who are English homegrown and are still young. Norwich, barring some meteorite striking, are going to be back in the Premier League next season. Both of those players have upticks in their contracts with a year to be extended and a pay rise when they do that. I do not imagine either of them are going to leave the club they support when they're in the Premier League. The one thing I would say is if Norwich do continue to yo-yo the following summer, there would be an opportunity. But I I can't see it. I think we're priced out now. Um, depressing as that sounds, you know, you're looking at Cantwell probably at 40 million. I don't think we're going to spend that on him. Uh, Aaron's uh, is 20 to 30 million. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Both Barcelona and Bayern Munich were in for him. Wow, we're gonna struggle there for either. Yeah. Um, we had our opportunity before they they um when they were in the championship before they hit the Premier League the first time like a little few years ago, um but we couldn't agree fees so. Um, I, I don't. I, I do agree. I think Cantwell, Cantwell reminds me a lot of Grealish when Grealish was younger. He reminds me of that player. And going down into the Championship, I think made Grealish. I think going down and playing those seasons week in week out are real. You know, not with the glim and glamour of the Premier League, but having to fight it sort of made him. Yeah. And I think Cantwell will come back into the Premier League, and everyone will go, "Oh wow, this kid's the real deal." Mm. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. That's everything. That's all the questions. We're done, my friend. We're done. Oh, I'm tired. It's man. been a long one. This one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> um, but yeah, big thank you to everybody for listening. Um, as always, big thank you to everybody for getting in touch. Um, I try and reply to everybody. Apologies if I've missed anyone recently. Um, it's been it's been a bit busy, <laughs> but um, I will I will get you. Uh, always look, you know, send us an email, message on the Facebook page. Do get in touch. Um, if I ever do miss anything, just send me a message. Oh, you forgot this, and I will make a note, and I won't forget next week. <laughs> uh, but like I said, do listen out for um, the League Cup final special. Um, we may have a special show next week as well, but uh, look out for the Facebook page for that. Um, but yeah, mate. Until next time. You take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember,
remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News.